Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Libby Rothschild, the founder and CEO of Dietitian Boss, where she shows coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs how to attract clients online without ads or a website. Now, Libby grew her company, Dietitian Boss, from a side business into a full-time seven-figure company within 16 months of operation. While still holding her nine to five clinical dietitian job, she's been featured in major publications and spoken at universities around the world. Today, we will discuss how Libby scaled her company 220% without using paid ads or SEO and how to build a successful business while working a nine to five and the mindset that you need in order to get where Libby is. Life is too short, trying to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Welcome to the show, Libby. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm honored and thrilled to be here and to be able to share some gems with your audience. We are so excited that you are ready to share some gems because we love to blink. <laughs> okay, Libby, you know what? I'm going to get right into this because there's no way whatsoever. I'm not going to be able to backtrack a little bit into some of your stories. So sure. you were dietitian making $55,000 a year and you noticed hey, I spent way too much time and energy in school and education to have such a huge gap in salary. You've got all this knowledge and all this experience, but you're not making what you should be making. And so you decided, hey, I'm going to fill this gap myself. And you decided to leverage social media to start and grow your business to make you a millionaire before you were 35. Yeah. yeah. So that, that is the summary. And I feel as, so as a trained clinician, if anyone listening is a background as a healer, right? So it could be therapist, naturopath, any, anything in a social worker, anyone in the mental health care space, healers are heart centered in individuals. And I yes. have a great level of empathy and I love helping people. What I didn't realize is how broke I'd be. I, I just didn't <laughs> understand and dietitians are, are paid lower than nurses and therapists mm. significantly lower. And it's partially because a lot of dietitians go into clinical positions and clinical positions, much like the one I went into was low paid. I had this idea. I, I had an entrepreneurial spirit and I had an idea that I would go into private practice, meaning I would own my own business, but I didn't really think of how that would work or look. And because I struggled with confidence at the time, I thought I needed to pay my dues and work in this miserable, low paying clinical job for at least a couple of years before I could entertain the idea of starting my own business. So I really held myself back and I had the this struggle with wanting to be in a career 
where I felt fulfilled because we all want to find our purpose. I wanted Mm -hmm. to feel aligned by helping people, but I also needed to be able to make my rent because I was living in Manhattan and making $55,000 a year and it's just not sustainable. So how I started my journey working additional revenue streams outside of the 55,000, because I wasn't confident enough to start my own private practice. So I said, okay, how can I make more money? And I ended up burning myself out by teaching and speaking. I was a consultant and I had multiple ways of making money. So then what happened is I ended up working more hours. So sure. I made more money, about $20,000 extra a year on top of 55, but I was working every day and night. So I would Mm. end up working early in the morning, all the way to late at night. And there had to be a point where it's just not sustainable. And and for those, some people have a family for wherever you you are in life. That wasn't my goal. That wasn't the final destination I wanted to end on. So what happened is one day uh, I was sharing with a friend of mine, what I was doing with teaching and speaking, which was a little bit innovative. I was actually teaching academic curriculum, teaching about medical nutrition therapy and dentistry. Hmm. I got a a big um, job in that. So it was paid pretty well to teach that throughout an academic year. And my actually was inside my hospital that I got that job. And one of my friends said, why don't you share your journey online? Because I wasn't sharing my life. And if I were to give one tip to the listeners, and you might've heard this before, if you follow Gary Vaynerchuk, and that's to document, you don't even have to create, just document your life. And there's so much power and beauty in sharing what you're up to, which is why I try to take, I do take selfies of all the things I do. So I snap a shot of being on this podcast with you. I sometimes will snap a shot if I'm running or whatever I'm doing throughout the day, not everything, right? Mm -hmm. But whether it's watering my plants or sharing a date night with my husband, I now document that regularly because what I did from documenting my life at the time, which was just simply sharing that I'm teaching and speaking and and, um, finding more ways to make money. I had amassed a following of my peers who said, wait a minute, what? How are you making money outside of this low paying job? We're all miserable and broke. Can you help me make money? So by me sharing what I was up to, it was really accidental. I was sharing what I was doing as a way to connect because I felt isolated and broke. And it turned out that my peers who were also dietitians who I connected with online, specifically social media, specifically Instagram, they had reached out to me and said, Hey, can I pay you? Can you coach me so I can make money? Cause I'm not happy. And that's <laughs> right. how it turned into, uh, it turned into a, a company and, and we, we did grow to a million pretty fast. There was a lot of demand for the service that I provided. I also went into a space I'm hyper niched, right? So helping dietitians start and grow their private practice. It's not a, a very popular space, right? There's mm-hmm. only a hundred thousand dietitians in America. And I was actually the first to show dietitians how to make money using social, which is what I had ended up doing, right? Is leveraging social to make money after I had leveraged social to show people how to make money outside of social. So I, I both teach dietitians how to make money in general, but specifically how to add more revenue streams through leveraging social media, which has a wider reach, especially with options for passive income, like courses and memberships. And for anyone who's in the coaching field, whether you are a healer or not, there's so much opportunity with leveraging social media and extending your reach outside of your local neighborhood, which is still something new for a lot of people that don't understand the power of really tapping into social media. Yes. Okay. So I know everybody's wondering, okay, what did you have like a hundred thousand followers before you started making money or what yeah, how great. did you do this? Great question. No. And I'm a big fan of, you don't necessarily need a large following or viral content. You need to solve a problem and you can create a community that's a tight knit, smaller community. So I 
had made, I want to say $10,000 months or even around 10,000 followers, but I've got clients that I've been, that I've served that have made thousands of dollars under a thousand followers. So the trick to that is making sure that you are solving a specific problem and that you're clear in your messaging and that you're following pain point based marketing, meaning that when you speak and when you show up, like, sure, you can start by documenting and not creating, right? Sharing your life the way that I did. That's better than nothing if you're putting yourself out there, but really getting to understand what people want and need and making sure that your business is defined and aligned with what people are willing to pay for. That's what's going to help support you as a content creator and as a business owner. And that's something a lot of people don't understand how to do. And so once you can get clear with your message and then translate it onto your content strategy, that's going to, that's really going to dominate anything when it comes to virality, because there are people out there that have small accounts that are solving specific problems that are making a lot of money. I've got clients that are, again, making, they're exceeding all their goals, six figures, some seven figures. They've got accounts of 30,000, 50,000 followers. So I've got about 24,000 now. And you you can see 24,000 and we hit the million dollar mark in 2020 wasn't needed for us to have a huge following, but we've got a targeted following, a specific following, right? Of dietitians for that business. Gotcha. Okay. So let me draw this picture for someone. So say they have a, say they are some type of therapist and they have a personal Instagram account. So should they just start showing things on their personal Instagram account, or should they open up a business Instagram account? How should they get started in documenting their story? Yeah, that's a great question. So I do believe that assuming, so I understand there's a couple different types of listeners. So let's assume that you already have a business and you already know what you're offering and the Mm -hmm. problem you're solving. So let's assume that you fit into that category. Yes. Starting a new account makes a lot of sense. So you want to have a business feed and then a personal feed. So I've got dietitian bosses or, or company feed. And then my name, Libby Rothschild is my personal feed, but I also talk about the work I do as a business coach. So having an account for personal and an account for business makes a lot of sense. Secondly, if you're not clear yet with who your business serves and how you stand out, you can start by getting comfortable with showing up because being seen and heard online, specifically social media, let's say Instagram for this example, can feel really scary, right? right? And a lot of people really struggle with being consistent and showing up. And there's a lot of power and beauty to doing that. People think of social media as, oh, I want to make sales. I want to make sales. And where that is true, first comes the connect, right? So if we have the ability to show up and connect with people by showing our faces, Mm -hmm. by sharing parts of our lives, now I'm not saying you have to share everything. You don't have to show your children's faces. If you don't want to share things about your partner, you don't have to share everything. So what I like to say is make a list of the top three to five things you don't want to share and just assume everything else is fair game. So that being said, if you're able to put yourself out there at least a couple times a week, Um, assuming that you don't have a well-defined business yet, you're going to get in the habit of being comfortable with starting to share a little bit about who you are. And that might help you get more comfortable in your ability to communicate with other people online, because a big part of social media and leveraging social media to get clients is building relationships. Mm, And you're going to have to learn how to talk to people. And that doesn't mean that you're asking people for a sale immediately. It means that you're finding a way to build rapport. And I don't think that's 
focused on enough because everyone wants to jump to the sale, but people still need to, you still need to build relationships and you can't do that if you're not showing up. So leveraging on online marketing, specifically social media marketing to build relationships is so powerful and it's still a new concept. It's new concept. And for those of you who aren't doing it, it's fulfilling. You're going to get to reach out to people that you wouldn't have otherwise had a chance to, and you can develop great connections. So if you even think of some industry leaders that you would really love to connect with in some capacity, you can you know comment and engage on their posts or watch their stories. Think of three to five people that inspire you and then consume their content. And then think of people who might be smaller, less influential. If you're live that list of three people was maybe perhaps celebrities, like I said, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? I'm not expecting to connect with him. He's a little too big. But if I think about people who are business owners, CEOs, other people that run a company similar to mine, I can easily connect with them and build relationships online. And I have, and that, that goes for both networking, connecting it also goes for sale. Gotcha. Now, what does that look like in terms of engagement? Are you stuck on social media all day? Do you have a process or a system for that? Yeah, everything has a process. So anything that is a business strategy is would be a process. Otherwise, you're going to get burnt out and frustrated. Yes. And I understand <laughs> your listeners, like many successful business owners, can get burnt out by not knowing what to do or spinning their wheels because they're doing too much. And that's yes. really common when folks don't know what to prioritize. And prioritization is one of the hardest things in business. And it's one of the most important things in business. I just wrote an article about this uh, the other week published in Forbes about 80-20. So it's the Pareto principle. And the Mm -hmm. law is that 80% of your efforts or 80% of your outputs come from 20% of your inputs. Meaning that if you're struggling with what to do, then you need to focus on prioritization and understanding what is it that you've done in sales that's worked and what can you double down on? And that's such a a simple concept that so many business owners overlook. So if you're feeling frantic, go back to the drawing board and ask yourself, what has worked? What efforts am I putting my energy towards that's actually getting me the outcome that I want or getting me closer? And And it can take a little bit of trial and error. So with that, when you asked about social in a process, Yeah. So I'm big on capping the amount of time you're using it as a business tool. So we're not looking at memes from the Oscars of Will Smith, unless it's related to your business, (laughs) because we can get lost in that stuff. And it's understandable, right? Because it floods your newsfeed. And this is where it's going to take some mindset and discipline. So if you're checking either a certain time or your actions and activities on social are focused. So look at your current behavior. You can even check on your insights and see how much time you're spending, let's say on Instagram. So I set an upper limit on Instagram and I use it to check my direct messages because people engage with me or ask me questions perhaps about my programs or services or questions about pain points that my audience struggles with related to their goals of creating financial freedom. So those would be messages that I want to pay attention to to spam messages that I get all the time that aren't necessarily related to business. So you need to identify what is a message related uh, to furthering your business. So that's an important thing. And if you're not getting any messages, the, the first step would be spending some time and energy on doing some targeted market research. Give me an example of one of your clients or what kind of area of expertise so I can give some context that would relate to your audience. Mental health care professional in a marriage therapy or something like that. I'll go with that example unless if you've got a better one. Okay. So let's assume that you're a marriage therapist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're, you are a uh, solopreneur. And you're looking to get more clients, whether it be, let's just say in this case, you're looking to sell a course because you're maxed out with coaching. You've taken insurance and you happen to be an expert in marriage therapy. If that's you, and again, of course, we can fill in the scenario with any one of, of your situations. If you're listening and whatever it is that you're doing in your business, that particular person might want to go on social and look up related hashtags, marriage therapy, 
mental health and marriage, um, anything related to that niche and that area and that specialty and engage with like-minded accounts or look at what's the type of content that's being posted around what they're doing. And you can even zoom out and just look in general, well, therapy, what are people talking about when it comes to mental health? What are people talking about when it comes to relationships and mental health? Who are the key players in that space? Who are the top influencers? And so if you're able to identify and get more clear, then your time and energy can be around building relationships around people you've identified in that ecosystem. And then looking at the content in those related hashtags, they're going to be aligned with content that you would want to post or that people that you serve would engage with. And then take a look at what are conversations they're having? What are things that are related to what's going on right now, this season, this climate, this environment that people are struggling with? How have things impacted people's marriage right now with this season, with what's going on in life events, post-pandemic, et cetera? So if you're more aware of trends and you're engaged with conversations and you're seeing who are the key players in this industry, then from there, you can develop relationships and start watching people's stories and interacting and start providing valuable insights into comments and actually building your thought leadership in a more specific way. And that doesn't have to take more than 10 or 15 minutes, let's say two to four times a week. So you don't have to do this every day, but if you're concentrated, that's going to help you get really clear with how you can position yourself in your space and build relationships and building relationships can help you with sales. Yes, it sure can. And what does that look like with LinkedIn? LinkedIn is not my area of expertise right now, but it would be something, something similar where you're able to search for people who are, so it would be the same idea, right? You could look for people in the marriage counseling space And you could search in keywords and then find people in that space. And you could either read their profiles or you could send them a message that, or you could read, you know, their articles and their posts and engage with them. LinkedIn is not something I'm well-versed in, but if I were to relate, let's say Instagram with TikTok, TikTok has an amazing, using their keywords, you can actually search keywords on TikTok and look at most popular of all time, most popular this week. And if you want to look up a hashtag related to something that you do in your business, you can see what's trending and what's trending is what people are like. That's the way to find out what are people talking about in your industry? Exactly. And I think staying niched into your industry and staying in your zone of genius versus hopping over back and forth. Oh, I'm into dietitian, but no, but I really love this or something, those different things, but staying focused in your lane, I believe was a huge benefit to you scaling. What could you tell us? How were you, what's your secret to scaling your company? Yeah, my my secret is being focused and truly putting your marketer hat on. So all of us entrepreneurs and your listeners or or business owners, uh, we are all salespeople, whether you like it or not. Like we're all here as a salesperson. Mm -hmm. And so as a salesperson, you need to be aware of what do people want? So I would say a key to my success is my ability to first, there is that connection, right? That connection with, I went online. If you remember my story at the top of this episode, I was looking for other people that were broke like me. I knew I wanted to reach out to dietitians. I didn't know it would end up in a business the size of mine, but I knew I intentionally wanted to find other dietitians who were finding other ways to make money outside of a broke clinical job. That was my goal. Like, where are these dietitians and what are they doing? I wanted to, to know who's like me. Is there anyone else working 80 hours a week that's barely making 20K more with all these extra like things? And I thought to myself, if I keep going at this rate 
am I ever going to get out of this pickle I'm in of working? Sure, I'm making more money, but more hours. And so I went on social to find community and, and to learn about my peers because we're a pretty small industry. And so I thought, gosh, people I know aren't like me. Will people be on, online be like me? And so I initially went in to build community and talk to dietitians. And when I shared my life and what I was doing, people came to me because I was vulnerable mm-hmm. and they came and told me what their pains and frustrations were. People came to me and said, I don't make enough money. I don't feel fulfilled. I don't like working this nine to five in nutrition. If you know anything about the nutrition world, we're very divided with philosophies. Like no yes. one nutrition will tell you that it's a very personal, politically charged, like point of view, right? All the way from Hayes health at every size and all of the drama with Hayes to weight loss and people's perspectives of the various different philosophies. And if you work in a clinical position, typically in a clinical hospital, you don't have a lot of room to practice in the philosophy that you choose to practice. And there was so much frustration from my peers about feeling trapped as a dietitian and not having the ability to have a voice. And them also feeling broke. Gosh, I went through all the schooling and not only am I trapped and forced to teach weight loss that they don't believe in, but they're also paid 20, 25 bucks an hour to do. And that felt really crappy. And so in sharing my story and in looking for, I went through hashtags as simple as dietitian, pretty simple. So I went through hashtags and just genuinely built relations and, and engaged with other people online. And they told me what their problems were. And the more, the second I heard what their problem was and the fact that it happened to be the same as mine, I talked about those problems. And the more I talked about those problems, the more people came to me and offered me and, or they asked me, well, well, can I pay you? And I, and then I came out with a course and that did really well. So the more and more that I communicated and everything I told you about the example of doing some strategic market research on social, that's what I did. And the more I talked about problems, because that's what business owners do. They talk about their markets, pain points, right? Their underlying issue and problem. And for my market, there's a lot of self-worth right? Do I have what it takes to make money? Can I start now? Can I charge higher rate? And that's true for, for most people in the mental health space and healers in general, we, there's this just, we're at odds, right? For charging mm-hmm. to help you with mental health and, and fit and nutrition outcomes. It's, it can feel really challenging for us. And I saw that as a, as a pain. So I talked about it. And I think that if you're looking to leverage social media, and if you're looking to be a better marketer, which we all need to be as entrepreneurs, you've got to hit on those pain points. You have to learn what your audience is struggling with. You have to talk about it in your marketing and you have to make sure that's like a fluid conversation in your sales. Yes. So I know everybody that is working their current nine to five right now, they're trying to figure out, okay, how did you manage to do this with your nine to five? So how can someone build their business with their, like how you did, because a lot of times we think we have to go a lot slower when we have a nine to five or it's hard to balance. How are you able to do it? Yeah. Firstly, I I was able to build passive income and that really did help. So I created a course. So I was able to sell a digital product where I didn't have to deliver the service. And so that was a really great way for me to make money. And then I spent my time marketing and talking about those pain points, right? So I talked about how dietitians want to make money and how we need to amplify our voice and be positioned as the experts. And then I was able to make sales through a digital product that did not require any of me beyond me making the course. So that helped creating passive products. And that's something that I believe that everyone has a course in them. And there's a lot of beautiful 
beauty and creating courses, especially whether you're working nine to five, we've got a ton of clients who are pregnant or just delivered. We also have clients that are taking care of their family right now. Like they're taking care of their parents. And so whatever point in life you're, you're at, or you're experiencing, it's nice to be able to have options outside of just active income would be your service, whether you, you have agency or you're a coach or you're a consultant, you're trading time for money. So the more that you can integrate some component of passive income, the, the better. So that was one way was through, through creating an opportunity to sell my product without delivering service. The second piece uh, was increasing my price. I increased my price really fast. So it's it just basic supply and demand. So the more people that wanted to hire me, uh, the more my price went up. And I talk about this all the time on social media. And I've shared this openly. When my first client, I charged 250 a month. So it was 750 bucks. Yeah. Okay. 250 bucks a month for a three-month commitment for private coaching. It was a couple calls a month. I think it was one or two calls a month and a little bit of between communication support. And I was coaching dietitians on how they can build, build revenue, right? That's what I do. I help people make money. Mm-hmm. So I would show people how to make money and leverage social. And of course, building out their product offerings as well, um, depending on, on their stage of business. So that's what I did. And I, the demand was so strong and so high that I immediately went up to, what was it? I went to 700 a month, then I went to a thousand and then I went up to $3,000 a month. So that's a $9,000 three month commitment. Mm-hmm. So I increased my prices because the demand was high. And then I immediately went again, this is an offer thing. So I initially offered a course and I did co- coaching as well. I did both, but I kept raising my prices on coaching so that it made my time worth it right. because I had to, I had to be careful, right? Because meanwhile, I was still working seven revenue streams. I had quite a bit of stuff. I was showing up early and leaving late for work, but I also love what I do. So, uh-huh. so that, that makes, I, I wasn't miserable with all these revenue streams. I really enjoyed the teaching and speaking. And I absolutely love working with my audience and my business. So the next thing I did after I increased my price point so high, and I thought, Ooh, $1,000 a month for a three month commitment. There's only so many people can afford that. And the demand was high. I still, I couldn't serve everybody who wanted to work with me. So I thought to myself, why don't I create a group? And so I took all of my, I took my private clients and then I started selling them into a group program, almost like a mastermind. Mm -hmm. So I was able to serve people and is definitely, you're able to help people and give them a community, but you're making more money per hour. So instead of stacking 10 clients in two business days, I could have 10 clients for two hours mm-hmm. and I would run a mastermind call and I would put them all in the same Facebook group. I did make content because I had content from my course. So I, I did build out, by the way, I have a trademarked process called the dietitian boss method. And so I did, I do have a proprietary system that I've codified that has helped dietitians, helped over a thousand dietitians start and grow their private practice. So I, I took that methodology at that point, I had worked with enough people to get feedback on my methodology. So they had supplemental materials in this group program and they had uh, a shared call. So I was able to take more clients, right. And help more people. And I got good results from the clients. So then I would add more groups and then I obviously hired and I grew my company. And then I I ended up hiring coaches because the demand just kept increasing. So a lot of my answers are based on offer, right? So I had passive income, which is a course. I increased my pricing for coaching. And then I shifted from the one-on-one model and the course to the one-on-one model limited and then a group program. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say finally, which is the elephant in the room here is that I I solved a problem that people really needed. And I entered a market that there wasn't any competition. I was the first to do what I did. And because of that, now there's competitors. My own clients have become my competitors. I've coached my competitors. There's more competitors now in my space than there was four years ago when I started my business. But because I was, I had the first movers advantage, not only did I solve a real problem, but there was nobody 
doing it. Yes. And I think that is so huge because sometimes we look at a market and we say, okay, a hundred thousand people, that's just too tiny. That's not enough. But when you look at that and you say a hundred thousand concentrated people, that is huge. Just like speaking to, I'd rather speak to a room of a hundred people who are my people than a room of a thousand people who are all over the place because your chances of closing and being able to really connect with that hundred people is so much greater. So I'm kudos to you for figuring that out. Stepping back all the way back. Did you just, all this just came to you just to, okay, this is how I'll design my course this is how I'll do that. Or did you have a coach? Oh, I've definitely had a lot of help. I still have a lot of help. So I'm a huge believer in, in investing in yourself. And I'm also a huge believer in personal growth. Yes. And I'm a huge service is one of my values. So I give back. I'm a mentor. I have two mentees and I get involved in a lot of philanthropy. So I'm really big on getting help and then also giving help even beyond giving my paid help. Cause I think that's important, especially to role model for other people. And as also people who might not, you know, who, who might be disadvantaged for various reasons. I, at the beginning, I hired a business coach and then I also did like a mastermind as well with, and it was within my field. So it was a, a dietitian mastermind and it was actually about speaking and I'm still friendly with the woman who ran it. She was, you know, fantastic and had 30 years experience in the field, was a speaker and a dietitian. And then after I worked with my first coach for about a year or so, I then worked with another coach. And so I've worked with about four coaches. So that averages about one a year and they've all helped me at different levels. I think it's important to understand what is it you want to get out of that experience. So I've not only, so I've had a coach help me from ground up and then I've worked with another coach who helped me with specifically team, right? Mm -hmm. Because team has personnel is when you're scaling, depending on the goals in your company, it can be challenging. We grew so fast. We grew 220% from 2019 to 2020. That at that point I had grown faster than my staff was able to handle. Right. So then I had a lot of, I had to go back and make sure that I was filling roles, make sure that I'm, you know, delivering everything I can for my customers. So that, that there was a lot of need for me to figure out how to create an infrastructure for a company and the decisions I needed to make to be a better leader, which is important. And now, and then I also had a coach with me and my COO, my chief of operations, my second in command. So she and I have had coaching together as leaders in the company. That's the most recent coaching. And I'm, I'm also in entrepreneurs organization. And so I'm in a peer group with them. So I'm really big on investing and then also big on making sure that the investment fits the need of the business at that time. Yes, I totally agree because sometimes we want to jump the gun and we may need a coach just to help us with processes and, and just the foundation. And then as we grow, then we'll need a coach to help us scale. So I think that's huge. And that's something that you also offer, right? You offer things other, you offer services in coaching and consulting to others other than just dietitians. I do. Yeah. So the really fun thing that happened after I was able to get enough systems and processes in place, because my goal is to have my company dietitian boss work without me. Mm -hmm. So the first piece of that is having intellectual property or at this trademark, that's the dietitian boss method to make, can make sure my company can scale with the method, with my intellectual property, not with me specifically. That was my goal is that I wanted the company to like live beyond me. 
and have the method, the main star, the main dish, right. even though I started it, the method is what provides all of the, our clients abilities to, to start and grow their companies. So after I was able to have the 14th version of my method, right, there's been a lot of iterations. Um, there were some key metrics that I needed to have in place in the company. Number one, the organization chart filled to make sure that everybody's in their role. And then everybody is the right fit to be in their role, meaning that they're doing their tasks. We have our key processes identified in the company and that we are, we're hitting a lot of our deadlines as far as like planning and execution. So once the company got to a point where it was able to operate without me to a certain extent, they want it even more so without me, but we're in the right direction. I then was able to provide coaching and build thought leadership outside of dietitian and build out my personal brand. And that's a big reason why I like to you know, speak and have conversations about business building, because that is something that I have done. And I help other like, non-dietitians with as well, because it's principles are your ability to get started, create that infrastructure. And, and my favorite uh, people to work with, although I offer coaching for people to, in various stages, would be helping people scale. Um, specifically scaling to a million dollars um, is really my expertise because that's something I've done. And it's something that not many entrepreneurs, only two to 4% of entrepreneurs hit the million dollar mark. So it's something I really enjoy being able to do. And I have a, a few clients in that space and it's really rewarding. So if you, you know, are interested in that, or you have any questions about how I can support you, definitely encourage you uh, to reach out to me. Okay. All right, Libby. So we are going to let everybody know exactly how to reach out to you. And the information is going to be in the show notes, but first we have to get more from you. Sure. <laughs> Sure. You are a giver and we love to give here on the show. So we've come to the part where we are giving back so we can go deeper for our audience and provide a mentoring moment. So Libby, if you had to start all over again and all you had was $100, what would you do? Oh, that's a great, uh, really great perspective. This is based on my personality. If I had $100 and I would start all over again, I think I would probably be kinder to myself and I would give myself more credit and celebrate my small wins more, which is something that I uh, role model for our clients. I have a hard time. I'm a recovering perfectionist and I have a hard time celebrating my successes. Also as a woman, it can be challenging to, to really represent all of what I've built and, and make sure that we're celebrating along the way. And I wish I would have celebrated. Yes. Yes. I am so happy. We are so happy that you've come onto the show and provided us with so much great information, but Libby, that everybody's going to want to reach out to you to figure out those that are on their way to scale toward that million dollars. So you are already in your business. You have built your processes and you're scaling toward that next million or toward your first million dollars. Libby, let them know how they can reach out to you. Absolutely. Yes. You can go to bit.ly backslash podcast Libby and learn more information. And I've got a free guide as well for how you can write quicker captions. I've got uh, templates for you. And then you can also reach out and book a call with me. And I also have a course. So if you are not ready to make an investment, I have a course on Instagram, step-by-step -step, the information I shared today on, on the podcast. And then you can also find me on Instagram. So I'm at Libby Rothschild is my personal feed and dietitian boss is my company feed. And so you're absolutely welcome to say hello and let me know what you thought, or if you have any thoughts um, about today's episode. Okay. Thank you so much, Libby, for coming on to the show. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Bye for now.